Do you want to do a clap sync or anything? Sure. Gotcha. How, how do you do a clap sync? As Jeff and I were just talking about it, <laughs> we've mm-hmm. never we've never done that, obviously, because we're so uh, we're so above all that. It just makes the editing a little easier if you just go three, two, one, and then clap on zero all at the same time. It's Wait, just uh, so three, two, one, then we clap. Yeah, it's like the lethal weapon thing. You don't you don't <laughs> clap on one, you clap on zero. So you clap on three and two, but then you skip one, but then you clap again. If you if you clap on the ones and the threes, you guys clap twice. I'm gonna slap my on the table. Does that work? It's like a pen. It drop. all works. <laughs> okay, sure. Let, let's let's do that. Let's do that. Uh, Adam, why don't you lead that since you have experience and I have none on this? All right, here you go. Three, two, one. Welcome to Predator Minute, the podcast that breaks down the 1987 action sci-fi Mac. Mac, 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 Classic Predator, one minute at a time. I'm John Zabriskie. And I'm Jeff Glover. And today joining us again, a returning guest, an agent of chaos, you might call him, from the Greatest <laughs> Generation podcast and the Friendly Fire podcast, Adam Pranica. Hello. Hey, thanks for I'm being here. I'm the returning champion. <laughs> returning champion. <laughs> Adam, thank you for joining us. Always nice to have you I somehow lost here. money on this game show. <laughs> <laughs> How are things going, Adam? Uh, things are going great. I'm uh, getting ready to uh, go back on the road with uh, the Greatest Generation show. We're going to do a couple of live shows down at San Francisco Sketchfest next week. So Ooh, nice. Getting ready to do that. And we're also doing a Friendly Fire episode down there, too, about uh, Rambo 3. Oh, nice. Keeping the series going. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's sort of a tradition when we go to Sketchfest, we do a Rambo film. I love nice. it. I just listened to uh, your Rocky episode on the in the Pork Chop feed. Oh, thanks for your support. Oh, thoroughly enjoyed that. It was great. Thanks. Yeah, that was our Christmas movie this year. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> is Rocky considered a Christmas movie? Rocky Four is because for some reason, Rocky oh. decides to fight Drago in Russia on Christmas Day. <laughs> I love how you guys talked about the the kids that sat in front of the TV to watch the fight with no parental supervision. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) On Christmas Eve. Yeah, and somehow, like, could you ever have gotten away with having a sleepover at a friend's house on Christmas? (laughs) Even if you were friends with the Balboa kid, I don't think your parents would have let you do that. (laughs) No, that wouldn't even, that would not have flown. They have that weird robot running around. Oh, that's so weird. Yeah. Yeah. All right, pretty but... sexy robot toward the end. <laughs> Merry Christmas! <laughs> All right, so uh, we're talking minute sixty-eight of Predator. Minute sixty-eight opens with Dylan looking Dylan. up at the Predator. Dylan, Dylan. And ends with Dutch telling Billy, "Get the radio. Forget the rest." Mm. Mm-hmm. So we are we are right in the middle of some splitting up the team action right now. So Jeff, do you want to take us from what's happening at the jump here, and then? We'll analyze as soon as you um, stop your breakdown. Yeah, let's start with the first 20 seconds or so. This is kind of the first section. So we carry over from last minute. Carry uh, over. We, are, we, we left off with uh, uh, Dylan. 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 Dylan's uh, Spielberg face here looking Spielberg. kind of <laughs> looking off and over the camera. 
And uh, we get a quick cut to the predator who's decloaking on the tree and then recloaks before leaping. Uh, Mac then is firing. That's kind of a taunt, right? That's what the predator's doing here. He's taunting. <laughs> oh, right? yeah. yeah. He's 100% oh, for sure. That's the only reason you decloak there. For sure. He's like, come and get it. Uh, and then we get a quick uh, Max firing and running into the jungle, yelling, I got you! I got you! And Dutch and Billy run into the clearing. Dutch yelling, oh, this is the great Mac drop right here. We get the Mac. Mac! 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 And then Dutch tells Billy, get Ramirez on his feet. (laughs) Get Ramirez on his feet and get to the chava. Billy says, right. And that kind of closes the first 20 seconds there. So, quick 20 seconds, but we got a a few kind of iconic pieces here, don't we? Yeah, Adam, I like what you're saying about the predator taunting. I wasn't thinking about this until I was writing the notes for the next minute. But, yeah, I think that's exactly what he's doing is he's trying to split up the prey so that it could take it so it make that so it makes it easier on him to hunt down the team one by one yeah you know like i always sort of thought it was taunting from the perspective of you know the predator never feels in danger at any point until he's dead but when you describe (laughs) it as a as a form of strategy i think that's really interesting like there actually is some method behind this it's not just a middle finger Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's intimidation factor too. Like he's just showing them how quickly he can cloak and decloak, and then he springs from that tree in such a dramatic fashion. But it's also clearly super easy for him to do that, uh, yeah. which is terrifying if you're on the other end. We get a little bit of Ramirez in this scene, but like, how scary has it got to be to be wounded and being tended to, and all you're doing is hearing the action instead of seeing it? Mm. Oh, that's a good point. Pretty scary. Right after getting whacked by that log, shit. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. This and speaking of Ramirez, this is the first and I think only instance that he is called Ramirez in the whole movie. Get Ramirez on his feet. Get to the chopper. Uh, yeah, he's called Poncho here and there, and Arnold calls him Poncho <clears throat> a couple times in the next minute. And in the script, he's Ramirez, aka Poncho. But this is the first and only time. Um, I kind of take that to mean that this is a more serious. Like not a nickname kind of moment. Like this is. It's like when your wife uh, uses your name instead of like honey. Oh yeah, that, that's when you know you're in big trouble. That's John the worst, and I, Sarah. Yeah. <laughs> I know when when my wife does that, I always turn around and say yes, Anna. <laughs> what did yeah, I do? It really raises the stakes on the situation. It really does, exactly. and that's what it does here in the film. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, we're gonna go by we're going by real names now. We're not going by nicknames. Yeah. You know when you're Poncho and the crew is calling you Ramirez that your wounds are probably pretty grave. <laughs> right. <laughs> we're having to say his name so I remember what to put on the toe tag later on. <laughs> yeah. Nobody knows him as Poncho. Now when I eulogize you later, uh, which would you prefer? <laughs> I feel like Poncho makes it seem like we're very close, so right. I'd prefer that, but if you like Ramirez, you can do that too. <laughs> we'll try that on one last time. Yeah. <laughs> so this is the the Mac drop that we use all the time, isn't it, John? Yeah, every time we say Mac or back or track or smack <laughs> or lack or tax or whatever rhymes with act, I always drop in the line, the Mac, and um, I'll also put in the extended sequence from YouTube where someone put all the Mac drops together. Yeah. I usually drop that right in the beginning of the episode when we first say our first act. Mac. 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 Uh, yeah. This is where he says it. The first one, to me, sounds like an ADR, the first Mac. Mac! But then that Mac where he yells, that sounds more like an on-set recording. Mac! 
Yeah. When the, you play Billy Joel's "Moving Out," is that a, another time when you when you do the ack 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 drop? Yeah. Mac 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 Oh man. That should really be the theme song of your show, that <laughs> Billy right. Joel song. This is really a great Arnold moment because not only do we get the Mac Mac, Mac! right immediately after we get the Mac Mac the, Mac, the, Mac 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 Mac. <laughs> we get the Choppa. It's not really the the actual iconic Chopper line, right? Still not the iconic Chopper line. This is yeah. our second of the get to the Chopper lines. It's not the iconic one, yeah. Right. I know he says it 3 times, right, in the film? Yeah, it's the rule of 3s. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right, should we uh, move on to this second part? Unless you had any guys had any more to add? Uh, just that Mac has really had enough. He's out of here. He's clearly bent on his own revenge quest. He's, he's oh, not yeah. going to listen to Dutch. He's normally everybody in the group has listened to Dutch up to this m- moment in the movie, and Mac is just clearly off on his own now. He's on his own mission. Yeah, he just pieces out, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. Peace out. Catch you later. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that brings us to the second part. We, I, we broke this minute down into three sections. And so the second part is about 20 seconds to 44 seconds. This is a minute that prescribes to the three-act structure. <laughs> That's right. Yes. To you guys. <laughs> exactly. We were talking about that. The last minute kind of had a 30-second setup and then a 30-second action scene. It was like a movie within a movie. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. It's, yeah it's, it's been so fun breaking down the minutes like that where you can see how each sequence is thought about and probably storyboarded to death with how they want to, like Jeff is saying, set something up and then let it all fly in the second part. Uh, but this, Do you guys allow for like a grace second or something? Or are you, are you hardline miniters where the end of the minute you're studying is the end of the minute you're studying and that's it? Usually Even that's the it's case. Awkward. Yeah, it's a hard cutoff. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just because there's so much you want to say in that minute that you don't want to hog something from the next minute. Yeah, you don't want to steal. No. steal no. from minute sixty-nine. For example, <laughs> then, nice. Then you get that compounded error where then the next minute's really not really a minute, and then you steal from the next yeah. minute, and it's a you're going, it's a slippery slope. Right, <laughs> right. It's like uh, that's like amortization, right? Right. That's what that is no. <laughs> it's not what that is at all. I don't know what it is. That's the thing. <laughs> Amortization. It well, sure wanna, is, Adam. You don't want to steal value from the next minute. Ah. Mm-hmm. Amortization. <laughs> Write that one that down, means, John. Guys. I was going to say more like stolen valor for the future minute, but no, we're not going to say that. It's not some military movie. All right. So this is the second part I think is beautifully set up for a dramatic line reading. Do you guys want to take it through the dramatic line read? Yeah, I think we should. Dramatic line read. Ding, ding. So yeah, normally, Adam, uh, whenever we do a dramatic line read, Jeff takes on Dutch's lines and then... I do whatever else. But you being the guest, Adam, I'd love to give you the Dylan lines because he is just Whoa. turning turning heel. I think what do they call it? Like a heel turn? No, a hero turn? A face turn. That's it. He's doing his face turn here. So if you want to take us through his face turn with Jeff and you can like listen to lines one more time, you can read through them there again if you like. I, I will agree to yes. it even though uh, <laughs> it's, it's awkward because I don't know many people who... <laughs> 
have a Carl Weathers impression. <laughs> you, you're going to own and, it. And it's to do yours. one, I think, would be very problematic. So I'm just going to like give it a straight read. Like like I'm playing the role of Dylan, okay? okay. Dylan, fair enough. Dylan! I'm still going to be on my own voice. I, uh, I, I'm not going to get myself canceled uh, by guesting on your show, guys. Fair enough. All right, so I guess I start, right? right? Dramatic line read. Ding. Hold it, Dutch. I'm going after Mac. Mac, that's not your style, Dylan. Dylan. I, I guess I picked up some bad habits from you. Now get your people the hell out of here. You can't win this, Dylan. 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 <laughs> Maybe I can get even. Dylan. Dylan. Just hold on to that damn chopper. Scene. Nice. Well done, well everybody. Done. Yes, well done. Take a bow. <laughs> Take a bow. I like your Dylan's in the background, John. Nice. <laughs> yeah, you notice that every line that Dutch has here just ends in Dylan. Every one. Yeah. And even his last line is just Dylan. 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 Yeah. Where's the supercut of Dylan? I need to make a supercut mm. of Dylan, I think, now. Just yeah. to eulogize Dylan. That would be that'd be 40 minutes long. <laughs> be a lot. Dylan, 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 Dylan. It'd be our Dylan. entire podcast. Dylan! <laughs> <laughs> hey oh, some people might say it already is. High five. Dylan! No, that's uh, John, you mentioned here that uh, there's a bit of a, a horror trope uh, mm-hmm. unfolding in this section. Yeah, normally the, the TV trope of Let's Split Up Gang, like from Scooby-Doo, is done voluntarily where the group is more or less agreeing, even if some people might not necessarily be agreeing. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times the group is saying, like, we're, we're going to do our best here flushing out the enemy or we're going to flank it or whatnot. In this case, it's a little bit different take on it where one person's just taking right, taking off right after the enemy and then Dylan is the next person in line in Dutch's place. Um, that reminded me of some other movies and the one I put up there, of course, was uh, The Thing where the for whatever circumstances, the the team at the Arctic base becomes separated, and that's where everybody just becomes so distrustful of, of each other, and you never know who the alien is, even as the audience. Yeah, that's a great example. Uh, they, and they go so far as that they have to forcibly separate the team at one point, moving the Wilford Brimley character off into his own shack. <laughs> <laughs> I love that scene. When they go out there... What's that? I say eating his Quaker Oats. Yeah, I, I love Quaker Wilford in that. I love that, that scene. When they go out there to check on him and, and he's trying to convince him that he's fine and <laughs> casually hanging from the ceiling behind him is a noose. <laughs> It's so it's so uh, off-putting. That was just Wilfred Brimley's trailer. That's where they got it. <laughs> they just kept it in. Yeah. You should come out and film now. They, Not now, goddammit. The other horror movie trope uh, in play here is that uh, Anna and Billy have snuck off to have sex. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, and so they can be killed now. That's going to be some big, big trouble for them later on, I think. <laughs> they were both virgins before this. Yeah. So oh, you're right, that. John. They are going to get killed now. Are they yeah. drinking and doing drugs as well? Most Probably. Mm-hmm. What do we make of this conversation between Dutch and Dylan? Mm-hmm. Um, Dylan. 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 You mentioned earlier, John, that you feel like this is the point where Dylan is trying to uh, show Dutch that he's made a turn, that mm-hmm. he's on their side. And uh, is, that, is, is that what Dutch is getting at here, you think, when he says you can't win this? Or is he being more literal, like you can't actually go find Mac and beat the Predator? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's more literal just yeah. with the nature of their endeavor here. Just just cut it right down to what it is and you're not going to come back. You're not going to live through this, which 
in my mind, and this is me kind of writing my paper as all, Adam's always referring to in his podcasts, uh, writing that college midterm that <laughs> early on, like we're talking the first five minutes of this movie, Dylan, or Dutch has every reason, like every instinctual reason to just back out and not take on this mission. But at this point in the mission, he's confronting Dylan, the same guy who talked him into the mission. Before Dylan talked to him, he was most likely headed off there to atone for setting up his team for this doomed mission and that he had no problem throwing away his own life chasing chasing down Mac and probably didn't see himself winning it either. So I think he's just kind of now projecting that onto Dylan. Like, yeah, I was about to run off dude, but Hmm. I I was not expecting to make it. So you're not going to make this either. Uh, And Dylan is saying, maybe I can get even in that case. I don't think Dylan's talking necessarily about um, Hopper and the gang being skinned alive at the beginning or skinned after being killed. I think Dylan is talking about getting them all into this jam in the first place, like sacrificing his own life to maybe delay the predator enough so that they can escape. Yeah. I think the other aspect of this might be that like, if, if we're talking about Dutch, not believing this is Dylan's style, like at the very beginning of the film, Dutch teases Dylan about being a pencil pusher Mm -hmm. and like more of an admin instead of a real soldier. Mm -hmm. Dylan! Dylan! You son of a bitch. What's the matter? The CIA got you pushing too many pencils? Huh? And I think when we're talking about disparate styles, it might just be like, hey man, you're supposed to be like you're a you're a base guy. Mm-hmm. You're not a you're not a forward operating guy. And that might be part of this comment too. Yeah, this yeah. is not your arena. You should It's not your yeah. style, Dylan. It's not your style, Dylan. But there's a ton going on here in this moment, I agree. So yeah, it's a, it's a good little exchange that leaves a lot open to analysis. But Dylan's hold on to the damn chopper line is about like don't leave without me. Right. Like I right. this is not a suicide mission to Dylan at this point. He still plans on getting out. Right. Right. And uh even in this moment, Dutch is busting Dylan's balls a, a bit, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Like he's still at, at at every move he can, he's still poking him a little bit uh for kind of getting them into this situation. Which mm-hmm. I appreciate. <laughs> yeah, it's good to, good to remind them why they're in this mess in the first place. Yeah, yeah. It's all you want, Dylan. <laughs> when, uh, when they throw Dylan the, the MP5, Dylan. there's a moment there where you really get an appreciation one last time, maybe, like one last look mm-hmm. at Dylan's arm, <laughs> like while it's still attached. Yeah. And I really relish that moment. Yeah. Like, good looking arm. It's a good arm. Hate to see it go. Where yeah, do you think good... that MP5 came from? That, that's that's what I was asking there in the in my notes. Is is I don't know if this is Ponchitos or Hawkins or Blaine's uh, extra MP5. I don't remember seeing this being carried around. Um, you think they're just thick on the jungle floor? <laughs> <laughs> I think he just pulled it out of his pants, like Mary Poppins umbrella style. You know, <laughs> is that where Mary Poppins keeps her umbrella? <laughs> Oh wait, that was a different. Are, that's a different movie. Are I saw. you suggesting that Mary Poppins has a cavernous vagina <laughs> inside which she keeps an umbrella? You just don't open it inside, and you're fine. Oh. I'm suggesting she has several um, indoors or in inside her, her vagina. Too. Exactly. See, it's open to interpretation, Adam. Yeah, mm, you guys are really nailing this. <laughs> uh, yeah, good. Good point about him taking one last look, and Dutch has given him. You know, it gives Dutch a couple little cuts to his face looking at Dylan one last time not saying anything 
And so I, I, I'm fully expecting, I'm fully interpreting this as Dutch not expecting to see Dylan. Dylan again. Dylan. All right. Should we get into the last little section here? Sure. Yeah. You want to take it there, Jeff? All right. Starting at second 45, we cut to Poncho, Ponchito, grunting in pain on the ground. We haven't seen uh, Poncho yet. And uh, uh, Dutch runs over to him. Billy says, he's busted up pretty bad, Major. Nice. We get, we get Poncho saying, I can make it. I can make it. I can make it. Really agonizing. <laughs> I can make it. Uh, and then Dutch says, get the radio. Forget the rest. And Billy says, right. And that cuts to the end of the minute. So we learn here that Poncho survived that log crunch. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I wasn't brutal, sure. Yeah. Brutal log crunch. <laughs> Which, which, and I made note of here, was totally foreshadowed a couple times if you're into that whole foreshadowing business that we mm. talked about before with the characters' deaths. When Blaine first uh, says, I ain't got time to bleed. Ponchito fires some grenades up to take out the machine gun nest at the end of the guerrilla camp raid. And he says to Blaine, you, you got time to duck? Clearly yeah. doesn't have time to duck here with, with her when Billy says, look out! And the log comes crashing down. <laughs> Um, but a little bit later, foreshadowing in the movie happened when Anna Anna hit Panchito right in the face to That's start right. her escape, to really start this second act where the characters start uh, getting killed by the predator. The slog. The slog. The yeah. stick log. Pancho really gets his comeuppance here because after <laughs> after he, he teases about not having time to bleed, he bleeds both internally and in the face. <laughs> really makes him look like a boob, I think. Oh, and his... His uh, pomaded, spiky hair just got all messed up in that log whack. Whack! Yeah. Whack! Man! Um, man, poor Poncho. John, I love, for all the listeners out there, John makes these really glorious notes, and, and below the notes, he adds these little bulleted uh, kind of thoughtful points. And one of your points below this section, John, was, I don't think Ponchito's going to make it. <laughs> I can make it! <laughs> Just, just I really like these notes too, John. Uh, this is about 500 times more effort uh, that gets put into your show than I put into mine. So good job. This is just this is just my style, though. I, I, I definitely work more off the style of having everything prepared. I am not the off the top of my head kind of person. It's really hard for me to do that. I ain't got time for notes, John. <laughs> you got time to read? Oh, <laughs> hey, <wow>. dunk. <laughs> That's the name but of the I'm... episode. <laughs> if you got time to read, you got time to bleed. <laughs> I really, I really do like Ponchito. That would probably work in the classroom. I mean, it would. I mean, you'd probably get called into the principal's <laughs> office for making a threat against a student. But I mean, it sounds cool, right? It sounds, but it sounded so cool, Jeff. Area teacher uses dialogue from Predator to threaten student. <laughs> student. <laughs> having no idea that the dialogue was from Predator. Exactly. Oh, I'm, I'm sure Jeff and I do it plenty enough where we'll oh my God. cast the line here or there. Like, well, like, we've talked about if we have students named Dylan or Dylan. God forbid, Mac. Mac, I have both this year. I've oh been my God. so blessed. <laughs> <laughs> and they never know. That's the joy of it. Dylan, like, I need to start saying that's not your style, Dylan. <laughs> <laughs> When you guys uh, call out sick and have a sub for your for your class day, you should leave behind like a edited for TV version of this movie that plays. It'd be a lot of fun. It's like five minutes. Yeah, <laughs> it's the Mac cut that you make. Yeah, just the Mac and Dylan cut. Yeah, and just the handshake for five minutes. 
Why are we watching this? <laughs> this is- I actually hope Mr. Zabriskie never comes back. <laughs> Uh, that was the best class I've ever had. <laughs> I learned so much. <laughs> All right. Uh, John, did we do yeah. it? Do we have anything else to add here on minute 68? Uh, I I think the, the only thing I would add is the John McCommentary for this uh, track right here for this minute before he goes silent for like the next two minutes mysteriously. Like, wow. Adam, Adam um, Thanks, the running... John the running the running poke at McTiernan here, he did a commentary over this movie, is that he takes very long breaks in between saying things that would actually <laughs> enlighten the viewer of, of any kind of fact going on. So uh, I'm not sure. Those are the really, those are the old schooliest director commentary tracks that really feel like you're with a person. Right. And it's because of those long pauses. Like they're just, like watching, just the watching the movie. you just watching a movie with yeah, a guy. Yeah, yeah. They're just watching yeah. I like that you. a lot. It's, it's funny because in... In uh, the Die Hard commentary, he's just nonstop. He's just he just loved Die Hard, and you know it's it's a good movie. I like it, but it's just funny how this is kind of looked down upon. I think by him and maybe other people like the film going community overall. So it's not as analyzed. I feel like um, looking for materials is really quick for this movie. It's like just you know a, a, like an Alien versus Predator Wikipedia entry here, or like a little bit of commentary or an article here. But there's there's very little behind the scenes that I can actually delve into. I find, um, but it's such I feel like a rich movie with the way he films and the way he uses the score along with the action, along with the downtime and the lack of dialogue and the dependence on you know the facial acting and the body acting i i think it's uh something that's just underrated in terms of like uh appreciation yeah if it really holds up yeah, yeah and it feels like a missed opportunity for mctiernan to really kind of talk about the the process and add his own embellishes you know to that commentary for the viewers but you know we get what we get maybe uh i don't know i don't know how often this happens but i mean there's nothing stopping him from doing it again and i wonder if w- with the aid of some remove he would have some more interesting things to say about it. I mean, his life has been kind of strange <laughs> yeah. Since, yeah. since he recorded this commentary, I'm sure. So I wonder what he'd say about it now. Yeah, well, this came out in 2003 with a DVD, and that was right when he released Rollerball, and that Ooh. was the movie that was basically his downfall. <laughs> the producers Weird. and him becoming entangled and um, them talking about it badly, but also him wiretapping them to listen to them talking about it badly and... It just wow. went on. He just didn't stop wiretapping, I guess. You guys, but- I got an idea. Hello, Cool J on skates. <laughs> <laughs> we all know that he was he was imprisoned for the wiretapping thing, but what my theory presupposes is it was rollerball, and, and director prison got very serious. Oh, man. <laughs> that was more of the evidence. That was exhibit B yeah. and yeah. C. <laughs> But rollerball prison like, is real, guys. Oh man, I had no idea. <laughs> Shoot. Well, he he had a good he had a good run. Who knows if he'll keep doing things? But uh, for example, in this commentary minute, he starts to talk about trying to show off the predator's mobility, namely using bungee cords, and that's what's maybe giving uh, the predator that kind of floaty feel between the trees. But mm. he doesn't go on to extend the thought. He doesn't close the thought to say, and that's exactly what we did. He just said we're thinking about using bungee cords to show the predator moving to the trees. So I have no idea what he was going to say about it. He just, he's just done talking hmm. about that. 
and we'll see that's that too next bad time. i would like to know more about the special effects magic behind those shots too bad John. are there McTee. other tracks for this film that aren't just mctiernan but uh but other production people that's a good question i'll, I'll have to look through the dvd and uh, see what else it has but yeah, it's when, nice. Sometimes you get like a a script supervisor or or a random like mm-hmm. an editor. An editor is a great commentary track. A lot of times, that'd be good. I'll I'll take a look and see what I can find. Yeah, uh, Adam, did you have anything else for minute sixty eight here? No, that was a lot of fun. I mean, I it made me feel nostalgic about Carl Weathers' arm mostly. <laughs> so good. And and coming so close to when I last watched Rocky Four, I just really like Carl Weathers. Oh yeah, he's, he's a just treasure. one of the greats. He is. He is a national treasure. He's one of the best. Yeah. yeah. Nice to see him at, at the peak of his powers. Yeah. Have you seen uh, The Mandalorian, Adam? No, I'm saving it. And now that it's done with its season, I can I can safely just watch oh. it all the way through. But yeah, have I haven't, I haven't even it, started yeah. yet. It's Carl Weathers. Is, it's just a delight in it. I, I love Carl Weathers and most everything, and, and that includes yeah. The Mandalorian. Yeah, yeah I'm with I'll you, Adam. I got to binge through. I watched the first episode, and then I was waiting for all of them to release so I could just... I was ready to watch it, and then I saw Rise of Skywalker, and it kind of uh, it kind of poisoned the Star Wars well for me, mm. and I needed oh, no. to like take a couple of steps back and like <laughs> take a take a breather before yeah, getting I, back I feel in. like from what I've heard, it sounds like The Mandalorian may get you back there. I've yeah, I'm excited good. about that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right, John. Well, should we get into our weekly recommends before we close this out? Let's do it. So, yeah, Adam, every week we recommend something, and that's a wide range of some things you could choose from. So uh, you being the guest, you're welcome to go first with the recommends. I kind of unintentionally... Uh, referred to what my recommend is going to be. We hmm. recommend podcasts, right? Is that the is it the thing? Or sure. anything? Or you you can recommend, recommend movies, movies, shows, shows podcasts, yep. shoes. Uh, I really like a show called The Flop House, and their most recent episode uh, that came out the week that we're recording this is actually coincidentally about Rise of Skywalker. Mm. Uh, I haven't listened to the episode yet, but what I can tell you is that uh, The Flop House is one of the great talk about a movie shows ever and uh it's been around forever uh dan and stewart and elliot are great all of them and so smart and so funny really like highest recommendation for that show mm-hmm. nice so, i like uh, the check flop out house. the flop house have you met those guys personally yeah yeah, yeah. oh no way uh, we've awesome. had uh, we've had a couple of hangs and they're just the greatest nice awesome yeah i've, I've listened to the flop house quite a bit i, I really uh, like their really like their shows so jeff do you want to take us to the next recommend sure i'm going to recommend a movie that i saw recently um and this is kind of one of the i have to say it's one of the my favorite films i've seen this year um it is uh, a movie called parasite have you guys heard of this I've yeah, it's it. been on my list. I really want to see it. Yeah, it's uh, it's really, really good. Um, Parasite is a Korean film uh, directed by the great Bong Joon-ho. Um, and uh, he has a fantastic filmography. Uh, if, any, uh, any, if anybody has not seen any movies from Bong Joon-ho, go back and check out his filmography. He has some really really amazing films uh to his credit but this one is uh, also equally amazing and um really really good it's i don't want to give too much away about the story but it's about a pretty poor family that lives uh in the city and they um try to improve their living situation by getting work from a rich family and things progress from there and that sounds kind of uh, slow and boring but the way the story unfolds and where the story goes you 
would never have guessed it from the beginning of that film, and、uh, I really, really loved it. So、uh, it seems to be one that's on a lot of people's lists right now with、uh, award season coming around.、Um, yeah. And this is one that really lived up to the expectations. So check it out, Parasite. Still in theaters. Still in theaters. That's right. Still in theaters. Wow. Yeah. You can also and when you say your、VOD. your favorite movie of the year, are you talking about 2019 or 2020? Whoa! Ooh,、uh, I was thinking like <laughs> 2019. Like, all right, yeah. Adam, have you ever seen Memories of Murder? Nope, I、mm. have. You have? You've seen that? Yeah,、one? I had like a Korean crime drama thriller, yeah, whatever genre phase back in the day. Have you seen The Host? Yeah, The Host. Oh,、yeah. The Host is great. That's the one that introduced me to Bong Joon Ho. I was like, who is this guy? And、uh, he also made、uh, Snowpiercer. Oh yeah, Snowpiercer. That, that was a good one. Like that、yeah. one. All right. Anyway, I'm done. There's my recommend. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. I'm done. <laughs> And I'm what do you got,、spent. John? You gonna recommend、uh, some、uh, bread flour or some shoes to? This week, gosh, I don't have any bread flour or shoes to recommend <laughs> this time.、Um, I mean,、I'm、really sorry, I missed the bread flour. <laughs> that sounds sounds like a real banger, guys. It was, that was a real banger. It was diverted into pizza talk for a while. <laughs> Then I made a pizza. It was great. Live on the podcast, it was wow, delicious. Wow. <laughs> pizza cast. Well, I'm gonna go, I guess, against what Adam was saying. Sorry,、uh, guest, but I, for one, really enjoyed. Uh, the Rise of Skywalker. I, I've had the Star Wars fandom in me for many, many, many years, and I don't know. It was, it was to me、uh, another good Star Wars movie that I really enjoyed, and that really tapped into a lot of the、uh, the mythos that it's been setting up for what 42 years. Yeah.、Um, you know, I'm sure it's messy in some parts, and I can see where people come from, and I can see why people don't like it. But for me, it was I don't know. It's some just good old fashioned. Star Wars storytelling and yeah, a little messy, but I thought it really delivered on all the action pieces,、uh, and it essentially ended. I thought in a in a nice, simple way, kind of like Star Wars starts off、uh, yeah. in a nice, simple way. It closed the loop. You really put that elegantly, and I think it's good for fans of film to say that. It's just something that doesn't work for them. Instead of the fans of this thing are dumb and right, stupid, right. and that's a that's a lesson that I've learned、uh, over the last year when I talk about films is that、uh, you know your own preferences don't mean that other people's interests are bad in any way. Yeah, and absolutely. I, and I certainly don't think you're an idiot, John Zabriskie, <laughs> for for your opinion whatsoever. You're entitled to it. <laughs> I need to go see it again because、uh, I went and saw it with John, and、uh, we went to a late, late showing on a like、Thursday、a ten thirty showing. And I, I ate a giant cheeseburger and tall beer before we saw it, and I promptly、oh, fell、no. asleep about halfway into the movie. Wow! So, yeah, and I woke up、uh, in sort of a daze for the last forty five minutes, and I don't really know what happened. So, well, John, I'm really <laughs> envious that you saw a film that you really liked, and I'm envious of you, Jeff, because you fell asleep during. <laughs> We had different reactions. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I saw. I ended up seeing it a couple more times too, and I, don't know, I, I just thought the repeated viewings, at least for me, really、uh, tied some things together. And 
Um, there's rumors going around right now that there's like an extended cut out there uh, from J.J. Abrams. I don't know. It's probably as real as the Snyder cut for Batman vs. Superman. But I mean, I'm someone who just just hungrily devours everything cut. Star Wars. The, yeah, the Jar Jar cut. There you go. <laughs> like, what characters are missing from the last one? <laughs> <laughs> Probably we're all my, only him. We're all my white straight male characters. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Give me that cut. <laughs> that was a parody, by the way. This is not like they Predator. took ten more minutes <laughs> out of Rose, but it's still another hour longer. <laughs> <laughs> Some people really hated her. That's too bad. Anyway, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna cut to the plug. So, Adam, what do you have going on? Where can people find you? What do you have to plug? Uh, for some reason, I am still on Twitter at <laughs> Cut for Time. Twitter, the hellhole of the internet. <laughs> Indeed, it is. Uh, I'm no longer on, on Facebook. Back. You can't find me there. Uh, uh, you can also listen to my three podcasts. Uh, three. Yeah. Shut uh, up. I've got The Greatest Generation, the Star Trek podcast that started as a Star Trek The Next Generation show and is now uh, almost to the end of the Deep Space Nine Star Trek show. Holy moly. We've got Friendly Fire, the war movie podcast that I do with John Roderick and Benjamin R. Harrison. And then uh, I also have a sidecar Star Trek show about all the new Star Trek programming on CBS, and that's called The Greatest Discovery. Uh, That's a show that started about star trek discovery and is going to also be about the picard show yes. and and lower decks and all the other shows that are coming on cbs all access and nice. i am going to go to the picard premiere next week the Whoa. big hollywood premiere uh, me and my co-host benjamin r harrison are gonna be there and they're gonna screen the first three episodes <sighs> of the of season one of picard so we're gonna see them in the arc light dome wow in LA. it's gonna be awesome are you gonna have yes. press badges uh, we're going to have badges, but, uh, I don't know whether they're going to say press on them or not. Okay. <laughs> podcaster. Yeah. They, they'll kick you out if you've got podcasts. They'll have a small bed. room with a little folding table and some paper cups of water on you it You don't get you unlimited drinks if you've got podcaster on your badge. Right. You just get the one. You get one and it's pretty watered down. Yeah, but those are the main places you could find me, uh, Try yes. one of those shows. All right. Wow, that's awesome. I, I am so excited for the Picard show. That's something that uh, my wife and I just honed in on when we were watching The Next Generation, like episode by episode, you yeah. know, during the school year after we'd come home from school. Um, and so it's really cool to have a whole show devoted to him. I'm really excited for it. I hope it's great. Nice. Yeah. Jeff? Well, I am also Oops. on the hellhole of the internet. Nice. That Was was that my... Uh, <laughs> that it's time for you to go. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> And I'll see you guys later. <laughs> I'm also on the hellhole of the internet, the Twitter sphere. Uh, you can find me at capital K Carl underscore capital H Hungus 314. My name is Carl H. Been expert. Uh, Jeff Glover on the Twitter sphere, furiously tweeting about the Seahawks again this week. You can find me yeah. there. Adam, we have a big matchup coming up, don't we? Yeah, we sure do. Yeah. Uh, Messed up things always happen when my Packers meet your Seahawks. So um, that's right, you're a Seahawks. Packers fan. I do remember that about you from high school. I'm kind of reflexively <laughs> recoiling from what might happen this weekend. The, the Seahawks can't play a normal football game ever. No, nope. ever. And then when you marry that with playing the Packers, it's going to be some bonkers banana shit that yeah. no one even can uh, predict. So how about this glove? Let's not bet on it. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm not. I'm not betting on it. That would be very it. smart. <laughs> I'm not betting on it. Man, I can't. Well, we can talk about this later, but I, yeah. I've got a lot of thoughts about all these lines this weekend. All these big yeah. favorites are fucking with me. Mm. Yeah, we should save it for our gambling podcast. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man, we got to do that. <laughs> really do a gambling yeah. podcast? Awesome. Oh. <laughs> we would we would gamble the shit out of that podcast. It'd be deeply unpopular. <laughs> <laughs> it would just be us sitting around complaining about all the bets we lost. It's <laughs> what we'd be doing anyway. That's that's, right. that's that's a great concept for any show. Right, we might as well record it, huh? Well, thanks for having me on, guys. Hey, yeah, of, of course. Thank, Thank you for coming. For- yeah, thanks for coming on. And John, and, where can we find Predator Minute? Yeah, if you want to find Predator Minute on that same hellscape that is Twitter, we are <laughs> at Predator Minute. You can also email the show, PredatorMinute at gmail.com, or you can join the still existing Facebook group, Predator Minute Listeners Palapa, and talk Target all the about the your... <laughs> Target the center of the Palapa. Target the center of the Palapa! Talk all things Dylan and Carl Weathers and Mac and all yeah, that Joel. good stuff. So for Predator Minute 68, I've been John Zabriskie. And I'm Jeff Glover. And I'm Adam Pranica. <laughs> and until next minute. Stick around. Stick around. Mac. 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 Mac.